I'm back. Yes, it's Kara, your favorite mom ever. <gasps> no, I'm just kidding. This is Kara, the unscripted mom. I know it's been a hot minute. I don't know if you noticed, but the world was like collapsing there for a moment. But um, we're starting to live again, so I'm all for it. I'm here for it, as the cool kids say. And I've got like a ton of inspiration. I just felt like it was time. I felt motivated, and it was all coming together. And also, my husband was like, hey, we bought you all that equipment. You probably should use it. So, yeah, a little inspiration and a little kick in the booty by my honey. I am back. I'm ready to share a great podcast with you. And uh, buckle up. I hope you're going to enjoy a good ride, a good laugh, and uh, enjoy this podcast listening uh, wherever you are, driving your car, maybe you're working out, getting your sweat on. Listen to this podcast, and hopefully it can help you and inspire you where you're at. All right. You can also check out my website. I know I'm pretty cool and pretty hep, thanks to my husband, theunscriptedmom.com. I've got some blogs up there, and you can subscribe to my podcast. I know you want to. Just do it. Just do it. All right. Today, I want to talk to you about something that's called flipping your script. Nope, not flipping the bird, flipping the script. You know, we all have a story, you know, and everybody has their own story to tell. I I like to call it our signature story. You know, what we've been through, where we come from, what we're dealing with, all the things that make us who we are is our story. And sometimes you might be in a pot, you know, a spot in your story where you're excited. You love where your life is at. You've come through so much and you want to share your story and tell everybody and say, I'm rocking it. And then some of you might be in a place in your story where it's not going so hot and you're going through something and you don't want to talk about it and you're frustrated and you're in pain. And I'm here to tell you wherever you are at in your story that it's okay. It's going to be okay. I promise. I mean, I know that's a pretty hefty promise, but I can guarantee you that your story is something significant going to happen and it can change your life and you can help yourself. You can help others just by sharing your story. But sometimes we're in the middle of our own story. There's some things that happen that can change our perspective. We can hear something. We can be exposed to something. A circumstance can happen. And we're able to kind of look at things differently. And that's what we call flipping your script. I want to tell you a couple stories. In August of 1841, Commodore John Cox and his six-man crew won the America's Cup in a 53-mile regatta. You know, that's basically like a sailing competition and a very bougie. <laughs> the New York Yacht Club successfully defended the cup for 132 years. They were undefeated until, until September of 1983 when the Australian two skippered by John Bertrand ended the longest winning streak in sporting history. Now listen, if you haven't tasted victory in 132 years, it's hard to imagine anything other than defeat. I mean, every year I can see these guys coming up. Oh, we're going to win it. We're going to win it. We can do it. We're going to be the underdogs that beat them. And then it doesn't happen. And not just once or twice or five years, ten years. We're talking 132 years that this yacht club won the regatta. So uh, the question begs is how did victory happen? I'm going to tell you how, is they flipped the script. The first thing that you have to do when you want to win is convince yourself that winning is actually possible. 
And you've got to change that story in your head. You know, each of us has the power to rewrite a narrative by telling yourself a different story, a better story. Several years before the 1983 victory, the Australian scripper, excuse me, skipper, Mike Fletcher read a novel by John Livingston called The Seagull. And basically the moral of the story, story was begin knowing that you have already arrived. You know, for me, I was thinking that's kind of like the Bible. You know, we already kind of know the ending of it. We know it's going to be good. It's just the in-between part that sucks that it's like, really, this is what I got to go through. And oh, my gosh. And sometimes we get so bogged down with where we're at. We don't see that on the other side there's light at the inner tunnel. There is some good things happening. Anyways, Fletcher read this book, was inspired by it, and he decided to do a couple things. Number one, Fletcher made a recording of the Australian team winning the race, just a recording of it. A copy was given to each member of the team, and it had narration. It had sounds of the sailboat cutting through the water, and it was given to each of the team, and they were instructed to listen to it, to the recording, twice a day. And get this, they did this every day, twice a day, for three years. Before even setting sail, they had won the race 2,190 times. So how did the Australian team win? They flipped the script. They told themselves a different story over and over and over again. You know, I read that there's like two types of changes people make in their life. The first one is a behavioral, you know, that's something that you do, you know, like if you want to lose weight, you do more exercise, you eat less, you know, they're just kind of little increment behavior things that change, you know, that make can help us make changes in our life. And the second one is actually a conceptual change. And this is basically your mind over your matter. This is rewriting a narrative, how you think it's going to go and saying, well, you know what, I'm believing for this and you change how you view it in your mind. I mean, again, the behavioral are the, are the steps you take, literal steps, but the conceptual are things that happen in your mind. And let me tell you that a lot of things are won and um, overcome in our lives, and it all starts with our thoughts and what we think and how we think it's going to come over. I know a friend of mine, and, man, you could tell her some good news, and it's automatically going to change to something bad. She's already pictured the worst. And I, I get it. I, I'm a mom too. Sometimes it's like when you plan for scenarios, you got to plan for the worst case scenario. I mean, the best case scenario is all your kids behave and everything's a dream. But you got to plan as a mom for worst case scenario. You know, someone split their lit, lip open. You know, you know what? You need gauze in that diaper bag and that backpack. You got you got to plan for the worst. But sometimes we have to have a visual. That needs to change when we're in the middle of our story that flips our script. That it changes the narrative that we're living in. I want to tell you a cool story. and It's called The Runt of the Litter. There was a little boy named Bo Eastman. And at nine years old, he drew a stick picture. You know, those cute little stick pictures of himself with a football helmet playing football. And underneath, he wrote, Beth's safety in the NFL. And that was kind of Bo's little dream when he was a boy. And then in high school, he decided he wanted to go out for the football team. Let me tell you about Bo. Bo, as a uh, freshman in high school, was five feet tall and 100 pounds. Y'all, that's tiny. That's a tiny little boy. Like, if I was his mom, I would have been like, nope, you're going to stay in a bubble. You're not doing football. That's not your thing. But little Bo, he was excited and he wanted to do it. 
and he tried out for the football team. And he got in the car with his dad afterwards, and he told his dad, he said, Dad, the coach thinks I'm too small to play. And without skipping a beat, his dad said, well, did they measure your heart? Bo's dad dad then told him a story that flipped his script, that changed his perspective. See, there's nothing more important to a ranch hand than a ranch dog. And Bo's dad knew this because he came from a family of ranchers. The ranch dog does the work of 10 men, herding cattle, getting them to where the rancher wants to go. It's an important job. And when the ranch dog has puppies, the rancher identifies the smallest puppy, the runt of the litter, and it ties a piece of yarn around its neck. After 12 weeks, the rancher gives all the puppies away except for the runt of the litter. Why? As Bo's dad said, the runt always has to work harder to survive against its bigger brothers and sisters. Always. The runt becomes the smartest, the fastest, and the most determined. Of all the puppies, the runt's heart is the biggest. The ranch hand stakes his whole livelihood on that fact alone. See, sometimes we think, oh, this is just the way it's going to be. And we've got to flip. We've got to change something in our minds that says, I'm a fighter. I I can get through this. I'm... People don't have not measured your heart. Listen, I know on the outside we tend to judge people, and it's unfortunately a huge pitfall in our culture here to where we judge someone. You know, we always were said, don't judge a book from the cover. Nowadays, it's, you know, we judge people from Instagram and social media or what we see, you know, perceive as happening. But you can't measure and you can't judge a person's heart. I think we need to kind of, number one, come to those terms. And actually, when we do, All we're saying is that we think we know better. And I want to tell you out there is that nobody can measure your heart. When you feel judged, when you feel like you're not good enough, when someone is comparing you yourself to somebody else, I'm telling you, you don't, no one knows your heart and where it's at and what you're capable of. See, that day Bo made a contract with himself that he vowed he was going to be the first player on the field and the last player off the field. And he kept that contract for 20 years. Now, I want to tell you something. I'm a big football fan. The, the NFL draft's coming up, and I'm super excited. But I can tell you something for sure. Most of those guys that are getting picked tonight um, weighed more than 100 pounds in high school. I can probably guarantee you of that. But can I tell you something cool about this story? Is that as astronomical as it is for anybody to make it in the NFL, it's actually 0.2%, that in 1984, Bo Eastman was the first safety chosen by the Houston Oilers. To me, that's such an incredible story that speaks to the heart of someone. That even though his circumstances said, I'm small, somebody said I couldn't do it, you know, this is just who I am, I'm just, I'm never going to do it, is that he flipped his script, he changed the narrative. That story that his dad told him, he owned that story, and then that story owned him. It became his theme. It became something that he strived after, that he was going to work harder. He was going to work tougher. He was going to be the first and the last. And some of us need that kind of inspiration, that push to say, you know what, I don't like where I'm at in my life. I'm not loving this situation. I don't like how things are turning out. And I feel like I'm not writing the story of my life. I feel like it's being written for me by exterior circumstances. And I love that Bo took control back and said, I'm going to write. I'm changing the narrative. I'm going to flip the script on what people think about me, what they expect out of me. And I'm going to make, I'm going to change the picture of my future. You know, I'm a person of faith. 
And I believe that faith and God are go hand in hand in our dreams and what we're supposed to do. And I think that that's actually what faith is, is faith looks, that's what faith looks like, what Bo did. It's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see. Sometimes we get a hope. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't have the clear picture, but that's really what faith is. It's hoping for the best and believing for the best and then picturing the best and just walking it through. Listen, I can tell you that you can have a God-sized dream, but sometimes it's not enough to just have a dream. You've got to have the work. I love that that story changed Bo, that it became his story that he worked towards. Sometimes we got something that we want. We have these dreams and we have these visions and we have this purpose. I love vision boards. I love them all. I'm all about it. Please don't hear me wrong. But sometimes we got to put the work in. And we can't be discouraged with our circumstance. We can't be discouraged by, you know, the setting of our story right now. Maybe you didn't get to pick your family. You didn't get to pick everything about your life. And it's like, well, I didn't get to do that. But I'm here to tell you, you can flip the script and change the narrative. You know, for me, I always think, what stories are you telling yourself? You know, where do they come from? Are they helping you? Are they hurting you? Are they accurate? Are they inaccurate? Are they carefully crafted or are they just off the cuff? And to me, who's narrating your story? You, your parents, your doubters, your haters, your ex? Or have you given editorial control over to who I believe is the author and finisher and perfecter of our faith? I love C.S. Lewis and he said this quote. It says, every person is composed of a few themes. You know, those life themes reveal themselves in a variety of ways. Sometimes it's during a regular routine of life, and most often than not, it's something out of the ordinary. But one way or another, something happens that strikes a chord at the core of your being. You know, there's a God-sized dream, a God purpose that's conceived deep within you. It's the one thing that makes you smile, makes you cry, makes you want to pound your fist against the table, like, why? And those life themes become the subplot of your life, and they undergird everything you do. It's why you say yes to certain things, but it's also why you say no to others. But because there's something on the inside of you that wants to, you know, come out. And and your story is so much more than what you do on a daily, regular basis. I know for me, sometimes as a mom, I get a little lost with my story. I feel like my story is driven by, you know, lunches and schedules and papers and grades. And there are times where I have to take a step back and say, yeah, those are part of my life. And yeah, those are at the forefront. But this is all part of a bigger story. Maybe part of my story is I'm taking all my stories in. I'm taking where I'm at in my life and I'm sharing it with others. And I'm helping them, encouraging them, making them laugh, whatever it may may be. There's a, a saying that someone wrote down. It says, almost anybody can accomplish most anything if they work at it long enough hard enough, and smart enough. Gosh, I hate that word, like almost, but it's it's true. Most things we can all accomplish. Nobody has greater talent than the other. Now, let me say, I'm sure genetics come into play, and there are special giftings that each one of us have, but at the same, but the, you know, the same time, most of the things aren't, we aren't, we're not unevenly talented or unevenly gifted. We all have something to bring to the table, but really what stands out is, are we willing to do the work? Are we willing to withstand the pain? Are we willing to kind of just put our shoulder to the wheel and get it done? You are capable of more than you imagine. You know, your brain has no idea what your body is capable of, and your body has no idea what your brain is capable of. And yet, once you connect those dots, 
I guarantee you that all bets are off for how you can succeed as a person. Because listen, because contrary to popular opinion, we don't succeed in spite of disadvantages or difficulties or disappointments. We succeed because of them. And we have to learn to leverage them. I think so many people think, well, you know, I got to overcome this and it's so much and, you know, in spite of it. But I'm telling you something, you are going to succeed because of it. You, you have something to say when you come through a difficult, you know, part of your life. And instead of just saying, well, they're, you know, they're there and it was tough. I'm saying leverage them, use them, show people how you can overcome them. Let me tell you something about myself is that, you know, recently, um, I have done a self-evaluation of myself, and I kind of did an inventory of my, my physical status, my emotional status, you know, my spiritual status, mental status. And let me tell you, I found myself, like, pretty depressed. Like, are, are you kidding me? Like, I, not only did I not like, you know, where I was at necessarily in life, but I actually didn't like who I was. Like, I just felt like all these areas in my life were just lacking, and I felt, like, stuck. And I was talking to my husband about it, and I shared with him kind of like, oh, I'm going through this, and, you know, God bless him, he listened, and, you know, after I cried, and had some chocolate, you know, because chocolate is a great emotional st- stabilizer. Anyways, I felt kind of like God leading me to do a physical and a mental, just an overall challenge. And I'm going to tell you about the challenge, and you may or may not have heard about it, but let me tell you that I'd seen this challenge online, and it's called 75 Hard. And it's a lot of things. I I won't go into all the details of it, but it's, you know, it's like a five, kind of like a five guideline program. And it's free. It's nothing. You don't pay into it. It's just this five thing. But the goal of it really beyond just the five steps is mental discipline. And one of the questions that the guy who created it said, he said, listen, when's the last time you told yourself no? And I had to say, (laughs) not recently. You know, I don't tell myself no a lot of times. I mean, I don't say no to the food. I don't say no like when I don't feel good. I don't, I just found myself a lack of pushing myself to do something in all areas of my life. It wasn't just food. I mean, that's just the main, one of the main ones for me, but I found like, I didn't have any discipline. And listen, I know I'm a hard worker. I'm, I feel like I'm outgoing. I'm creative. I'm a team player. I think I'm a good problem solver. I'm a fast learner. Listen, it was like I had all these gifts that I'm like, you know, I'm good at these things. So why was I stuck if I had all these good things that I was gifted with, but I wasn't doing anything with them? And I thought, I'm going to do this challenge. Well, let me tell you, I did a little research on Hard 75, And I was like, oh, 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 no, no, (laughs) no, I'm not, I cannot do that. Like, I totally chickened out. I was like, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. And then wouldn't you know it, lo and behold, like, I'm over here like, God, I want a challenge. I need something to shake me up. And he gives me this, you know, 75, you know, leads me to this 75 hard. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And let me tell you something. I hadn't talked about this. I haven't verbalized it. I never said anything to my husband. And two days later, he came to me and was like, hey, I heard about this thing called 75 hard. I think we should do it. And outside, I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. And internally, I was like, no, no, I can't believe this, you know. And 
I often say God loves me too much. God loves you too much to let us get away with some of the stuff that we've continued to get away with. So he said, I think we should do it. And so I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I think we should, you know, like in, but inside I'm like, no, I don't think I could do this. And um, I I know you're going to judge me and I'm probably going to get emails and people telling me this, but let me tell you, you know, the 75 hard is you pick a diet, you drink um, two workouts a day, drink a gallon of water, read uh, some books, some pages in a book and all this stuff. But my husband at one point says, okay, this is going to be hard for us. But I also think that you need to stop drinking Diet Coke. Now, for those of you, most people are like, I hate Diet Coke. That's disgusting. I love me some Diet Coke. I mean... Your Starbucks is, to me, my McDonald's Diet Coke, extra large with, um, excuse me, large extra ice. I know it's stupid. I know it's wrong. I know it's all these chemicals, yada, yada, yada. Listen, I gotcha. I hear you. I just liked it. I liked the taste of it. I was like, it was my little Starbucks to me. It was my coffee. And when he said you have to do it or you should do it, he didn't say I have to. He said, I think you should. Internally, I was like, listen, pal, I'm about to give up sweets. Do you really want to cut me off from my source of, like, love? <laughs> like, can that just be my piece of, like, you know, I'm going to do this 75 hard. I need something for myself. And my daughter was standing around, and she heard it. And my daughter is like, she just says it like it is, you know. I mean, I appreciate that about children, but Peyton's like she heard Doug say you should, you know, stop doing diet coke, and she looked at me. And she goes, "Yeah, right. Mama never give up diet coke." Now I'm going to tell you something. I Kara Bisol am one of the most competitive people ever. Like you want me on your Pictionary team. You want me on whatever team you are. I'm a solid trash talker. I do leave I do live up to some hype. You know, I am uber competitive. And I feel like God knew that and he leveraged that little gift inside me because the moment those words left my daughter, I was like, "Excuse me? You don't think I can give up diet coke? Watch me, child. Watch me give this up." I'm going to tell you, I'm two weeks in, and thank you, Jesus. I have done it. I have not touched Diet Coke. You can pray for me as we continue through this journey, but I thought I am going to do this to prove my daughter wrong, my 11-year-old daughter. I'm going to show her I can give up Diet Coke. But I thought to myself, it's time. I needed a different story. I needed to flip the script, and this challenge for me was something I needed. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, I... I would always think I needed baby steps, and I'm not anti-baby steps. Baby steps are wonderful. Go for it. If tomorrow you want to do a baby step to just change your life, to, to flip the script, I support you. I think it's great. Where I was at in my life, I needed a radical shakeup. I needed something to get me out of the mental funk that I was in. I needed something to push me because I was not pushing myself, and I need something else, an exterior source to push me to it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm so excited because this is flipping my script. This challenge is flipping how I view things, how I approach things, even my mental toughness. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've lost some weight. I feel good, although I do have bad days, and I want to cry, and I want a piece of chocolate and a Diet Coke and give me some French fries. Yes, yes, and yes. It's not that it's easy, but every time I want to kind of bow down to the temptation I think to myself, I'm bettering myself mentally. I'm preparing for something that I want in my future, and I have to do it now. One of the days I was um, having a rough day, it was 
three days into it, but it was a rough day. My husband, I was like, I don't think I could do this. I'm a wimp. You know, I can't do this. And I kept saying, it's not a big deal. I mean, just whatever. And he said, can you do today? And I looked at him and I wanted to yell at him like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I could do today. He said, just do today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the 69 other days. Can you do today? And I'm like, yeah, I can. And I'm going to tell you every day I've woken up and I, I have wanted a Diet Coke or I have wanted to be like, whatever. But I think to myself, just do it for today, Kara. Just one more day, just today. If you can't do it tomorrow, then you can't do it. Can you do today? And every day that I got under my belt, I have built my confidence up. I have found the inner discipline that I've needed all my life. And I want to encourage you, wherever you're at, is that you can have a big goal and have a big dream. And in order to do so, though, in order to accomplish it, sometimes it's just going to take, can you do the small things today? And it's going to be end up good. Like, listen, I wasn't loving my life. I wasn't loving how the story was writing out. And I felt like my story was being written by things that I was like, I don't, I don't like that part of me. I don't like that part of my story. And I can't change everything, but I can change certain things. And I decided I'm taking the pen back, and I'm writing my own story. I'm going to let God narrate what he wants for me, and I'm going to write it. I'm going to take control back of my circumstance and write my story. Listen, I love a good movie. I'm, like, all about, you know, good movies. I like the action. I like adventure. That's just me. I mean, I take my boys to the Marvel movies. You know, not my husband, but me, because I love a good movie. But I will tell you this. I don't like movies um, that I think are not going to end well. There was a movie a few years ago. It was called Gravity, and the movie trailer was super intense. Like, Sandra Bullock is <laughs> lost in space and spinning out of control, and my husband wanted to see it, and I was like, no, 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 no. That, I, that I, How is that going to end? I mean, she's lost. Like, what's it going to do? And I remember we went to the movie, and I sat in the movie, and I got out my phone, and I Googled the ending of the movie because <laughs> I was like, I can't watch this movie if I don't know it's going to end well. And, you know, I did. I Googled the movie. It ended well, and I was able to sit through it. I'm going to tell you, sometimes we don't know the ending of our movie, but I'm telling you that God knows the ending of your story. He knows it's going to be good. He knows there's fulfillment. He knows there's greatness involved. And we're sitting here sometimes in the middle of our story, you know, biting our nails. How's it going to turn out? But I'm telling you, it's going to turn out good. Now, I don't really love it, but my mom loves Hallmark. And you can only watch so many Hallmark films without being like, yeah, I know where that's going. You know, oh, you know, the best movies have angst, have villains, have love, have drama, have something that someone has to overcome. There's resistance. And that's what great movies are made of. That's what makes great stories. Sometimes the things you're going through right now and you feel like this sucks and I hate it, I'm telling you, it's going to make a great story. It can change your life. It can help somebody else. And if I can tell you that it's worth it, it will be worth it. Think about someone you admire. Think about someone's business or someone's life or how they are. Someone that you think, man, they have the life I want or something I want to model after. Or look, they've got that and they're so successful. I guarantee you all of them have had to deal with some hiccups and giants in their life that they've had to overcome. Some of us need to handle the giants in our lives. You know, you need a Goliath in your life so that you can find your inner David. Some of, us, some of us need to deal with and defeat the Goliath of self-doubt 
or self-loathing or the Goliath of our past, we've got to deal with it. We've got to look them head on and be able to defeat them so that we can continue to move on and build confidence. Listen, on the 75-day challenge for me, every day I go a little bit further, my confidence builds. And that's the whole point of it. Not to lose weight, not to get in shape. Sure, those are great benefits. But to me, the mental capacity that I'm able to overcome has been the biggest Goliath in my life is that can I say no? Do I have the discipline? And every day I do it, I feel so much stronger. And some of you, the issues that you're dealing with, if you can handle them head on and not be afraid, don't hide in the closet and say, I'm going to defeat this Goliath because it'll make me confident. It'll make a great story. This will help somebody else. This will help my kids. Listen, I love Diet Coke. My daughter was drinking Diet Coke with me. I know. Oh my gosh, you're going to kill me now. But I'm thinking, I don't want her to drink Diet Coke. That's horrible. I, it's hor- one thing for it to be horrible for me, but I don't want her doing down that, that same path. I'm doing it partly, mostly for me, but I'm also doing it for her. For every challenge that you can overcome and show your kids that you can do it, you're leading them. You're getting them further down the road. You know, I so I know some people say, well, that's not me. That's not who I am. And I'm here to tell you that. You're one decision away from flipping your script, from changing your story. You're one pivot away from a moment that says, you know what? I'm going to change how this is working. I can't change everything, but I can change how I respond to it and how I deal with it. Can I encourage you? It's time. You want to flip your script? You need to pen some goals that you want to accomplish. You know, what does that have to do with your story? Goal setting is, is storytelling. It's writing the last chapter first and then working your way backwards. Your story will only be as good as the goals and dreams you have for them. I don't really like goal setting. I said it. I don't know. I feel like sometimes when I see someone's like, I got a great vision board. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know. But I'm going to tell you, it's the truth. Ew, it's gross. I don't like it, but it's true. You got to write some stuff down that you want for your life so that you can take control back and not have the story written for you, but Take it back and say, I'm writing my own story. you got to write down what you want for your life. What are some goals? Some of them are going to be big and outrageous, and they should be. They need to be kind of outlandish because if you can't leap for something, then you'll be satisfied with nothing. You'll be like, oh, I guess that was okay. And nobody wants to be that Debbie Downer of wah, wah. It's okay to have big goals and big dreams. And when I say big, sometimes it's just simple as in paying off my debt, going back to school, raising good kids, whatever it is, is set that goal and you can work your way backwards. It's doing something every day. I remember one of these guys that uh, my parents worked for at our church. He was like super successful, lots of businesses. And I was like, one day he was, I was talking to him. I was like, so what, what's the key to a successful person? You know, like, give me the goods. I want to know. And he was like, you want to know the key? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Give it to me, coach. He said, you do something little every day towards your goal. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, that was it? Like, that's the kernel of, like, that's the gold bar of what you're going to tell me? And he was like, yeah. He said, if you want to write a book, start writing, you know, 10 pages a day. If you want to be a singer, you know, practice this every day. I mean, just the small things can make the huge difference. And I know for me, I've got some big goals. I've got some big dreams. Sometimes I stare at them and I'm overwhelmed with them. And I'm like, this is too big. This is too much. You know, am I asking too much? And I think, okay, maybe, maybe it's not. But my goal is to do something little every day towards it. 
And that by the time you find yourself accomplishing it, you're going to be like, I need something bigger. I need something better. And it's all because you just did something small today towards your big goal. So today, I just want to encourage you is that you've got this, moms. You can do it. You can flip your script. You can own your own story and not be afraid of the future. You know, whatever you decide to do, I want to encourage you that it's not too late. And don't let your circumstances dictate how your story goes. Take the pen back. Start writing your own story. Start seeing and drawing a picture of your future that you want for you, for your kids, for your family. I guarantee you won't regret it. What you will regret is maybe sitting back and let somebody else write that story for you. So take it back. It's your time. Be challenged. Be encouraged. And uh, know that you can do it. Take whatever steps you need today. Today, tomorrow, whatever it is, write it down and go for it. All right. Well, this is your Unscripted Mom. That was a pretty long podcast. Hopefully it was good for you. Would love to hear from you. You can email me on my page and give me some stories. Let me know how you're doing. If this helped you, hurt you, or you just want something else, (laughs) would love to hear from you. Hope you're having a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.